Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to My Favorite Takeaway, the podcast for people who love food. They love it. But they can't always be bothered to cook it. Uh, I am Tom Crane, and with me is God. Well, I thought you were going to say it. Sorry. Oh, 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 right. Okay. Who would have thought after so many episodes there's still material in the way that we introduce ourselves? Or is there? Someone is just now going, no, there's not. Just get on with the show. Shall I say who you are? It's Simran Shah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was my name, Simran Shah. Thank you very much. Hello. How are you, Tim? Are you well? Good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Glad to be here. I just noticed something which really speaks to the way I live my life what it is to be a parent i was feeling hungry just before we started this so i thought i'll have a snack i picked up a packet of what i thought were like little biscuits and i've been nibbling at them yeah. it turns out they're organics 12 months plus weaning biscuits that's what i'm having here the age of 40 which basically is supposed to give to a child who's 12 months old and has his first teeth coming through you're trying to teach him how to uh to eat solid food how is this what I'm doing as an adult? It's because you spent years mainlining hobnobs. You can't go cold turkey, so they're giving you these weaning biscuits. But the worst thing is, well, well possibly the sort of the worrying fact is I think they're quite nice. Of course they're nice. Of course they're nice. And I bet you the packaging is alluring as well. It is. It's a little smiley teddy bear waving at me. Of course it is. But I can't get into these. I can't be sort of sat on the tube eating weaning biscuits. At my, it feels like this is like... The thing that could break your friendship group. No, because that would require you having to take your dummy out of your mouth and then put the weaning biscuits in, which, is, which I think is the big, you know, bigger problem. A year later, I'm wearing a nappy and paying someone to tell me I'm a good boy. <laughs> to wind me. Paying <laughs> 75 quid in Soho to be winded. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> moving swiftly on. Today's guest is the fantastic Denise Welsh, who you will know from Corrie and also uh, Loose Women. And it's just such a fun person. I absolutely love this record. Didn't you, Sim? I loved it. And you know what? She's the mother of Matt Healy in 1975. And she talks about him and his eating habits, which is quite fun. Pretty cool. So her son is on tour, ripping it up around the world. So is Denise. Uh, Denise is about to go on tour. She may, I think she's even just begun with her fellow Loose Women stars all around the country. It's a show she's described contains things that you wouldn't get away with on TV, basically. Uh, it's dirty and it's great fun. And I quote, for the girls, that's what she said. It's a great fun night out. She also said it was rowdy. Rowdy. She does indeed. She sounds yeah. quite dangerous. But um, <laughs> apparently it's, it's a really fun, crazy night with the Loose Women stars. And they are going around the country now. And you can buy tickets now and do that because Denise was so funny. Very fun. 
Yeah, I have no doubt that that one will be fantastic. Denise, you've ordered a Thai red curry and you've already nearly finished it. Is that right? I have. I've saved myself all day, my one night off in a month, which I've saved for you boys. Oh. And I've saved myself for the Thai curry. I was going to have a couple of nibbles because I knew I'd probably have to eat it while we were talking. And I'm afraid I've nearly devoured it. It was so gorgeous. I have a quick question for you on the Thai red curry. Yeah. So have you got your rice inside the bowl? Is it all in one bowl? Or is your rice separate? So the two tubs that came with me, big tub of red curry and my tub of rice. But in my actual eating bowl, I've got half the rice in there and then poured the whole stuff on top. Into a bowl. I didn't eat it out the tubs. Okay. Is that the usual way you would eat your curry? And by the way, this is how granular we go on this podcast, <laughs> talking about this kind of detail. First of all, before I answer that, I wasn't aware there was another way. So if there is another way, okay. I'd like to know it. Sumran eats all his food from a trough, which he has in the corner of his room, snuffles down. I'm in that, I'm in that kitchen, it's going straight out of the pan into the mouth. I just thought you put the rice in and then you poured your stuff on top. But as I say, I'm very, very happy to try alternative styles. <laughs> if this was an evening where you weren't talking to two new friends, hopefully. Yes, yes. <laughs> for an hour about your food. How how would you normally be eating? Are you the sort of person that takes cutlery and a plate to a table? Are you in front of the telly with it on your knees? What, what, what's, what's your vibe for a, for a relaxing takeaway? I'm in front of the telly on my knees, did on you say? Knees. That depends what knees. other activities are getting on. <laughs> <laughs> that is an alternative way to eat me. Sorry. Lincoln's actually due in in a minute, so maybe we'll try it because he's going to walk in a minute. <laughs> on your knees. Yeah. On your knees. Tom Crane. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely an on my knees with a takeaway person. <laughs> what I love the most is actually what happened tonight is where I'm on my own so that you can just sort of shovel it in and dribble <laughs> and nobody cares. In the same way that I love eating in a car when no, when when nobody's there, when you can shove it in, or especially pasta with cheese on it when it all dribbles down. Interesting. I love that, especially when I'm ravenous. So eating on my own, it's the pleasure. It's Lincoln. I can ask him about being on my knees. Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> my window's open, and Lincoln's just said, "I can hear every word you're saying from a mile away down the road." <laughs> this is Lincoln. <laughs> Hi, Lincoln. The boys just asked me, darling, if, if I'm a person who sits at a table with a proper knife and fork. Or if I eat a takeaway on my knees in front of the television. And I said, well, Lincoln's home in a minute, so maybe we can try that. <laughs> Lincoln has walked straight past. He's not engaging. Okay, carry on, boys. That's interesting what you were saying there about when you're eating on your own, you can relax. I know exactly what you mean. By extension of that, do you sometimes not enjoy restaurant meals when with lots of people? Do you find it too formal? or What, what is it that makes you particularly like that experience? Some people love the formality you know, I love a meal in a restaurant, but I don't like formal eating. I can't be honest. I don't cook very much and it's laziness. I would rather have friends round for a takeaway and throw all the cutlery in the middle and let them crack on. If they don't like it, don't come. So no plates, just the takeaway boxes and cutlery. <laughs> well, to be honest, with fish and chip takeaway, just the takeaway boxes, I don't even get oh, the plates out. Why? Absolutely. Yeah. So Denise, if you've got a, if you've got a dinner party, but you're you're going to get a lot of takeaway. What is your takeaway of choice? Well, we don't entertain as much because we've yep. been sober 11 years. So we don't like drunk okay. people like what we were. So we're very grateful to the ones we have 
we love to go to their houses, but it's very rare we, we invite them to ours because when we hear that clink of bottles with a drunken slur of, okay, should yeah. we just open that final one? I want to punch them. I really, I really hope that sounds, by the way, like one of your particular friends and that they listen back and they go, that's absolutely an impression of me that's been done there. They, they absolutely will. And it's amazing being sober, seeing the progression of your friend's drunkenness. So what, I, what we do is maybe on, a Sunday, maybe on a Saturday or Sunday, we'll have like tea time, which I don't know where, what Southerners call that, but tea, tea time, like about five o'clock. Yeah. We'll order loads of fish and chips mm-hmm. and um, the fish and chip people will bring it down and we get the salt and pepper and the vinegar out and they can have their few glasses of uh, Prosecco or whatever and Bob's your uncle. The cutlery goes in the middle and if I'm feeling particularly lazy, which is always, it will be plastic cutlery, high-grade <laughs> plastic cutlery, Waitrose yep. plastic cutlery. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that if it's in gold, people think that you've really pushed the bones out. <laughs> it's interesting you, you talk about stopping drinking. Because I, I, I read stopping drinking changed your relationship with food. Is this right? Yeah, it absolutely did. I have many, well, some friends who say, you know, you go, my God, you're looking really slim. You've lost weight. Da, 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 da. They go, oh, I gave up drinking. I get so fucking angry with that. Because when I gave up drinking, I put on two and a half stone. Right. Because when... You are a drinkorexic as well, and you're replacing food with alcohol and other substances when I was in a really bad way. I was always skinny, not skinny, I was very slim for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. So when I and my husband, we gave up together, when we gave up drinking, we just ballooned. A, you've got 40 years of sugar in the red wine that's been surging through your veins. So two people who never had a sweet tooth, bearing in mind, my family, Welsh's toffees, were very famous in the Northeast. And I was brought up in a confectionery family. They used to call me truly scrumptious. Sorry, when you say confectionery family, so, so, so members of your family worked in the factories or whatever happened to be? My family, well, my, my name is Denise Welsh. So John W. Welsh was my granddad's firm. That was my grandpa. Oh, wow. And so he had a factory that made all of the, you know, when you get the jars of sweets, like the quarter of this and the half ounce of this and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they made this incredible stuff called super butter toffee. And I used to go to the factory when I was little with dad, who had to do some accounting or whatever, on a Saturday morning. And I can still remember the smell of the blackcurrant lollies coming out of the oven. Oof. And everything everything was done by hand then. Wow. So if you can imagine, my grandpa was an inventor of the black bullet. And it used to come out in like a sausage. I'm doing the yeah. actions that nobody can see, but it was like, <laughs> imagine like a sausage coming out of a machine and the girls would chop and roll, chop and roll, chop and roll by hand. And it would all be done by hand. That's how old I am. Oh, wow. And um, and then my uncle Tom, my, my grandpa's brother, had a bigger factory that did Welsh's sweets. His side of it was all the packets of sweets, like the football chews. That's so cool. But I never had a sweet tooth. That's amazing. I would occasionally have some sweets or, you know, my dad would bring me a budge or something in at night or whatever with my sister, but I never had a sweet tooth. And then we gave up drinking and we both could immerse our full faces in a cheesecake at every given opportunity. (laughs) I love that. Almost overnight. Yeah. And of course, you know, you're not drinking anymore. So normally as a drinker and a smoker, as I was then, I'd have my starter, then my main course, but then I'd go outside for for a wine and a fag. I was never there for the sweet trolley. Wasn't bothered because I was on the wine by then. Now I'm there for the sweet trolley. So when I say it changed my relationship with food, it did. I just became greedy and a bit of a binger. But then I am 
on purpose became a, decided that I was going to lose weight for my wedding because I could tell that what I was doing, I was not eating normally. I was replacing one addiction with another. Really interesting. Yeah. And so it wasn't just like, oh God, I can have a pie. I'm, you know, I'm not smoking anymore. I'm not drinking. I can have a pie. I could feel the pattern emerging of how I was as an alcoholic. Well, I suppose it's all that's endorphins and you, it's, it's that sort of thing of you, you grow attached to a release of pleasure, don't you? It's, it's, it's in the same drugs, alcohol, cigarette, whatever it is. It's all the same sort of thing, isn't it? Absolutely. We all know that morbid obesity is the main cause of expense problems in the NHS. And we don't do enough to help people emotionally. They get handed a diet sheet. They're told to eat less, exercise more. Well, if they could, of course they fucking would. It's because they can't. You know, it's emotional eating and I really understand that. So I got my weight down. Have I gone up a few pounds? Yes, of course. I'm only human, but I've got the tools, the sort of cognitive behavioral therapy tools to, to sort of change your relationship. Fascinating. Are there any foods now that you definitely don't eat, which you used to? No, I pretty much like everything except I'm not seafoody. I like mussels in, you know, like more marinere. Mm. I like prawns, but they have to be cold. I love a lovely 1970s prawn cocktail with the Mary Rose yeah, sauce and same, the lettuce. And huge the, fan. And, and the cold prawns. But Lincoln, if he was here tonight, would probably have the prawn curry. Can't have any hot prawns. Can't have <laughs> okay. a hot prawn. Don't know why. Just can't have it. I'm much more of a meat eater than a fish eater. So very briefly, your story there about your family running this sweet company reminded me of something from my secondary school, which is there was one of the boys in my year claimed that his dad owned Yorkie. Yes. I love your kids, yeah. And nobody believed him. Nobody believed him. And then like, a week later, he came in with two Yorkies and everyone believed him. <laughs> with two Yorkies? Two Yorkies. So that's all it was. They were two. Actually, we were all like, there's no way you get hold of two Yorkies unless your dad owns the company. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> Mad. Hilarious. The whole year sold. Yeah, it must be. Must be. Must be. <laughs> oh, my God. Sold. Brilliant. Brilliant. Let's get back to takeaway food. So so Thai food is what you've ordered tonight. Is that your favourite cuisine? Is that what's what's your... What's your dream food? We do love Thai food. We're very, very lucky. Can I mention restaurants and things on here? Yeah, of course. Mm. We'd like you to. Yeah, absolutely. We're very lucky to have an incredible... Actually, it was a restaurant. Now it's purely a takeaway because the people who own it, Steve and May, May is Thai and I've known them for years. They're sort of semi-retiring, but we luckily we still have it. It's called the Chili Banana. And there's one in um, Wilmslow in Cheshire and one in Macclesfield and We've been all over the world and we've never bettered it. Years ago, my ex-husband was playing golf with Steve, who owned the restaurant, in Thailand on this kind of golf tournament holiday thing. So we went over, I think Louis was about, my youngest was about three. And we went over to where May, who owns Chili Banana, her mum lived in a place called Prachamburi in Thailand. She, she took us to our mother's house. And we had the origins of the Chili Banana food. Oh, wow. What was absolutely incredible was that one starter of, say, a satay chicken that might cost £12 in the cheap banana. <laughs> it cost about three pence when a mother made it. Yeah. You know? So you, you realise the markup. <laughs> but good Thai food, we absolutely love. I love fish and chips. Yeah. Whitley Bay, where I'm from. Whitley Bay fish and chips, but we're very lucky in Wilmslow as well. We've got two cracking fish and chip shops. So although I don't eat a lot of fish, my exception is fish in loads of batter with scrunchions, you know, all the scraps. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So they would be probably our two favorite takeaways. Did you have any takeaways growing up? Well, I mean, you've got to remember, I'm 111. So <laughs> it was a long time ago when I was when I was young. So I was born, what, in 1958. 
it wasn't a great yes. thing then, the takeaway. Well, my memory, if we did have a takeaway, we used to have a Chinese from this place on the seafront. And my sister and I, to this day, will always order chicken fried rice. Now, often people have that as like a side dish, but that was yeah. what my mum's favorite was. And we just have chicken fried rice with soy sauce. Funny when Debbie and I are together, she lives in the Northeast, Dam in the, the, the Northwest most of the time. But, you know, when we're together, every time we get chicken fried rice, we still talk about the same thing about my mum liking chicken <laughs> fried rice. Like it was some major thing. Do you remember when mum used to take us to that <laughs> restaurant on the front, you know? So does it feel comforting and nostalgic in that case? When, you, when you're ordering it now, does it have an element of that? Yeah. Yes, it does, because we are very nostalgic about our... Um, about our childhood because we had a happy one. And you know, when you grow up, you yeah. guys will feel the same. You meet so many people who you think your childhood is what everybody has. And actually it's really not. Yeah. And we're so nostalgic that this road called Woodley Road in Monk Seaton near Whitley Bay is where we moved to when I was three and Deborah was born in, into that house. And every time we go to the Northeast, when, when my sister's kids were young, she would say, um, oh, I'm just going to take you for a drive down memory lane. And the kids would go, Oh my God, not memory learning again. <laughs> They're all in their 20s. And apparently it was only about five years ago that they realized that it was called Woodley Road and not memory lane. <laughs> Love that. They thought that mum was taking them to memory lane again like this. So we always have a little bit of a nostalgic drive down there. Yeah, so we're a bit soppy about our childhood. It's interesting you mentioned just chicken fried rice, very simple order. For me, mine is chicken korma, which I know is an embarrassing thing to order. But for me, it is. Yeah. It, yeah. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it absolutely is. Until yeah. I give you this very heartwarming context. But my first time I would go out with my parents, my parents never took us out. We never went out for meals out, not at all. And then there was a small Indian restaurant about 15 minutes from our house that, that opened up. And I went there when I was about 14. It's like the first meal out I basically ever had. And I had a chicken korma. And it still, when I have it now, reminds me of time with my parents. My dad passed away, sadly. And it, ha but it has that sort of nostalgic quality of the security and the warmth of being with people you love. And also my first little steps into trying interesting food, which I'm aware is an embarrassing dish, but for me still has that sort of place. I mean, although you've made us feel guilty by throwing the emotion into that story. I, I did that nicely, didn't I? You did it nicely. <laughs> have you ever progressed even to a Dan Bark level or have you remained at the corner phase? I know I should explain. I, I have quite an expansive palate, so I do like hot curries. Like Dan Sack is actually you my favourite curry. That is my favourite curry. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But I will still have a korma, and I'll, I'll weep about my childhood in front of the family. The nostalgia, <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. On your knees. <laughs> exactly. Even, even though you did provide that, heart, that heartwarming context, I still don't forgive it as a choice. So that, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of ruthless yeah. relationship we have. <laughs> it's a difference to me. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. They weren't forcing you to do that. And your dad, if he was still alive, would be ashamed of you. Ashamed of you. <laughs> would be embarrassed. Embarrassed. Exactly, exactly. So that's interesting. So, so you still have... Chinese with your uh, a Chinese meal with your sister and have the same things. Do, do you remember what everyone would order when you'd order from this Chinese restaurant? Was it just chicken fried rice? Was that what everyone would have when you were a child? I do love this image of the chicken fried rice and the soy sauce. I think that's amazing, by the way. Yeah. But then, of course, you have to, you have to go to bed with 35 bottles of water. You know, after the soy sauce, the amount of soy sauce yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, that I put on. <laughs> my sister and I and my mom would always have the chicken uh, fried rice. And to be honest, I cannot remember. It was so long ago. I cannot remember. Oh, no, I know what my dad used to have. Oh, beef and black bean sauce. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Lincoln likes the sushi takeaway. And I'm sort of 
trying to grow up enough to have a sushi takeaway, but if I'm <laughs> starving enough to want to take away, sushi's just a bit chicken corner-ish. Do you know what I mean? Right, okay. Yeah. I'm with you, Denise. I mean, how often do you concede and do you have the sushi takeaway? Well, the thing is, because I don't like the fish bits in this in, in that. That's always the problem. <laughs> I'm kind of limited to the one with the avocado in. Right, yes. Right. So I've just had the one with the avocado in. You have 12 of them or something. I have to have a lot of them. I have to because I've got really no other, no other options. Although there is one that does chicken wings as well, which we'll sometimes get. But I just think if I'm going to have a takeaway, I want one that, you know, I'm eating so much that the food's come. And sushi's just not going to do that for me. But most other takeaways I love. If I ever manage to convince myself to have sushi, I feel very smug afterwards for about 48 hours. I do. I, I, I act like I've just sort of like run up a mountain or something. I've kind of, you know, done something incredibly healthy. I feel like I'm a healthy, like I'm a real sort of like, I live in the middle of Sloan Square and I've got lots this of is a new friends. Me. That's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> sashaying down Carnaby Street. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm rather talking about sashaying. I'd rather have like sashays of ketchup or meat fish and chips just all dribbling down my face. I'm not that into opening up the sachet of wasabi. I don't like the wasabi. Spooning that out into the soy sauce, mix it together. Like this is, you know, this is, if anything, <laughs> this is what you might have for lunch. But you're not having it as a takeaway dinner. You're not having it for dinner. And also, it sort of verges onto the sort of dish that might come with a drizzle of jus. Yeah. It's like, fuck off with your drizzle of jus. I'm not interested yeah. in it. You know, it's yeah. tomato sauce most of the time is what it is. Yeah. You're just calling it a drizzle of jus. One of our previous guests, um, a comedian by the name of Ellis James, very funny man, when he uh, gets sushi from Itsu, he also gets, and this is a mad amount, of, he gets 12 packets of that ginger and then just eats the ginger raw from it. So he just enjoys eating the raw ginger. <laughs> so he'll have his little bit of sushi and then 12, 12 packets of raw ginger. Can he not just get that from a supermarket and probably uh, be a bit cheaper to get the ginger, would it? Or... Yeah. This is a good point. And save the environment as well, because everyone comes in a little plastic packet as well. There you go, you see. If you open up Ellis James's fridge, it just pours out these packets, <laughs> the sachets of ginger. <laughs> Nothing else. It's, it's impossible. Denise, you have uh, uh, children. They are grown up now, but when they were younger, would you treat them to a takeaway? Sadly, it was far too regular. Far too okay. regular. Oh, we love them. <laughs> Far too regular. Which is the ideal answer for this show. And to be honest, I feel a bit guilty because they're not great eaters, my my children. They're not fatty. They're, they're picky. They very rarely finish anything and it drives me mad. And we've got a sandwich shop in Wilmslow called Petit Delice. And Matthew is in the band The 1975, who are now very, you know, famous. But they still talk about Petit Delice. And Matty came home last week and the first thing he wanted to do was not see me, was to go into Petit Denise and have this sandwich. And Louis, who's 22, lives on those sandwiches. So often I would, when the boys were, uh, when they first started the band, when they were 13, 14, that would be what I would do. Petit Denise would come around and just give them all these Petit Denise sandwiches. I would get takeaways <laughs> a lot because I was very busy as well. Yeah, I was very busy. I was up and down working. Their dad, on the other hand, is a good cook. I've been married to Lincoln's a, a fabulous cook. It's just time that stops us cooking so much. Tim was a pie maker. So he would make like the best pies. But really, we very often relied on on takeaways. And then when the boys were trying to start the band, we had loads of Chinese because they all got jobs as Chinese food delivery drivers. Oh, really? And the other day, Matty, when I said he came to Wilmslow, which is very rare because he's always internationally on tour, 
But we had a little kind of memory lane potter around Wilmslow. And uh, the Flame and Walk, which was the amazing uh, takeaway, not a sit-down place, a takeaway, that Matty and George used to deliver for has closed down. It's been taken over by the restaurant next door. There was literally a tear in Matt's eye with the Flame and Walk having gone. It's a disaster. So would he deliver food to you then? You'd have your son deliver food to you sometimes. That would work, by the way. Yeah. So when you were placing the order, were you just shouting upstairs? I would be giving Matthew <laughs> the order and telling him to come to us first. And I used to get really furious. Come to us first. He used to prioritise other, other people on the takeaway delivery. Funnily enough, if I was feeding Matthew and the boys later at night, the, the food would come straight away. But if it was just feeding me and his dad, it would be hours before it would come. <laughs> So Chinese was very, very prevalent in the house. What's the etiquette in tipping your son as well when he's delivering? Do you tip to a normal rate? Or because you've brought him up, you fed him for 20 years, do you not have to tip? I have tipped him to the point that he will never get another fucking penny off me. It's time he started tipping me just for being his mother. Thank you very much. (laughs) Never mind, did I used to tip him? I used to tip him. I tipped all the fucking boys because they lived with me for years. (laughs) It's really funny because I find out about a lot of things that Matty says on social media. When I say to him, oh my God, I can't believe that headline. He goes, well, you can talk, mom. You're always in fiery feud or some kind of thing. Something (laughs) in hell, you're not going to... I heard this story about, you know, how when he was a when he was a struggling musician, you know, um, oh my God, it was almost like he was kicking a tin can down a back road in some kind of, you know, really dark, depressing place when actually yeah. he lived a middle class life in a lovely house with his parents tipping him all the time and buying him all his food <laughs> and his friends. But nevertheless, this is obviously this is obviously the Liam Gallagher version of life that he's chosen to project. And he told this story about how he kind of slaved away laboriously working at Cafe Nero so that he could buy his first guitar. Absolute bollocks. He went to work in Cafe Nero, right? Because I'd said, I am happy to support you. You can still rehearse with the band. We will feed and clothe you and usually them. But Matty, you've got to get a job until things start to pick up. So he got a job in Cafe Nero and he came back after a week and told me that he was going to get a certificate as the best trainee barista they'd ever had, I was as proud as if he'd said barrister. (laughs) I was incredibly proud. It turned out, and I didn't know till a significant amount of time later, that he had actually been fired after a week. Amazing. For being the worst trainee barista they'd ever had and continued to leave the house for three weeks afterwards, still wearing his Cafe Nero t-shirt. Are you kidding? And No, and that's the only other job he ever had. So anything you read about any other jobs that he went to have, he was the worst trainee barista for one week in Cafe Nero and worked for two months for Flame and Walk, and that's it. I, I feel like there's a part of me that feels like we should get a right of reply from your son. <laughs> but what's so annoying is someone, Twitter fanatics who find things, found the one photo of Matthew Cafe Nero serving with his cousins yeah. in the corner, which yeah. does the rounds, which kind of plays more into his story. That was the final order before being fired. I have a question, which is, where do you think he was going during those hours when he was apparently on ship? Was he just sort of sitting on a bench in a park? Well, he must have been because, you know, very often they were obviously rehearsing in the in the garage. Uh, okay. But they would be going yeah. to sort of suss out some place in the northern quarter that had offered them a gig for five pounds or, or whatever. Yeah. So it was quite feasible to me that he would be out. 
And of course, he was doing shift work at Cafe Nero okay. as well. And I was probably <laughs> in London working. I would love it if the 1975's alternative name, band name was Cafe Nero. And that is the reason why, because <laughs> it had a load of spare t-shirts. Absolutely. It would be a better alternative name than Flame and Wall. Flame and Wall. Okay, let, let's talk about takeaways now then. So, so how yeah. often do you order takeaway now? Is it is it regular or are you cooking much? Well, at the moment, it's very much a takeaway life because Lincoln and I are like ships in the night. My husband's an artist, so his studio is up in Cheshire. I'm working in London and I'm on a tour, so I'm all over the place. So mm-hmm. it is very much grabbing food where we can and often that will be that will be takeaway. Whether it's at home or whether it's in a dressing room or somewhere, we are living a takeaway life at the moment. So I'm just gonna say I'm surrounded by my supplements at the moment because I know it's not ideal, but it's really not ideal. But at the moment it's almost impossible. You know, when I say five a day, it's probably like five takeaways a day rather than five <laughs> vegetables. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, takeaways now have got so gorgeous and they have got so quick. They're so accessible. You know, I don't know what I'd do with them with takeaway. Jeez, have you got a, and it's a question for our school, I guess, but have you got a guilty pleasure? Let's revert if it's not, if it's not too triggering to go back to your, your drinking days. And if you were out late at night and yeah. you were stumbling home, what would be your food of choice? Or if you'd be to a party now and you're leaving, let's say, a, a glamorous sure. trap party. A glamorous trap party, yeah. And not necessarily stumbling, maybe walking gracefully. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be stumbling, but yeah. yeah. Whichever. <laughs> never was. Never, never was walking gracefully. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back in those days, it was a Big Mac, not a quarter pounder with cheese, none of that. A Big Mac and large fries and a Coke on my own, preferably in a car. Yeah. Shuffled in. Or a bucket of chicken. What I was going to ask you as well, because of this podcast, do you know anybody that has a sober kebab? Is that a thing? We have had a few sober kebabs, but we've had one who's a chef. And right. He's, so his sober kebab, it was quite high end. Bit posh. I think that's what it is. It's that okbasi sort of Turkish smoked stuff, which yeah. is, you know, over charcoal and, and is that good stuff. food. You mean you mean a donna, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about your shish. Yeah, yeah, shish, yeah. never a donna, yeah. never a donna, but a shish. Yeah. That was the only time. And I remember, do you know Sally Lindsay, wonderful actress and presenter, Sally Lindsay? Yeah. Sally and I went out years ago when um, I was in Corrie, she wasn't, but she, was, she wasn't in it then, but she was a friend of mine. And we'd been out and we were both wearing sequin dresses from Washington in Manchester. And we were so starving that we got kebabs on the way home. And we were so drunk, we kept on drinking. And in the morning... My son, who'd obviously been, you know, carefully looked after, Louis was going to school and he toddled into the room and there was Sally and I and I jumped off. There was sequins on and we had shish kebab caught in the sequins of our dress. <laughs> and I had to be pre- pretend to Louis that Sally and I had just got off and we were trying our dresses on for a future occasion. And he went, but what, what, why have you got dinner in your dress for me? <laughs> That's amazing. Sequined kebab. That is amazing. So I had some messy takeaways. Feels like a sort of cool, cool arty photo shoot that like a fashion magazine would do. <laughs> of you lying Dudley. back in a sequin dress, but with a kebab on your front. In like ID magazine <laughs> no, or whatever. No, no. Rankin would not have snapped us up for that shoot, <laughs> let me tell you. What was your perfect kebab? And take us through all the constituent parts. We had John Robbins on, a fantastic comedian. He went into great detail about his halloumi kebab. I could never bear to have the donner. I can't bear that big donner thing of meat. And to be honest, if I analyse the kebab, I probably wouldn't like it that much. But I do love turkey and I do love 
I do love a Turkish kebab. When I'm in Turkey, you know the kebabs that you get on a, and you sort of put them on a hook yeah. and they dribble down with all the lovely oil onto them. And then you, lovely. you put your chips under the bottom and they dribble onto the chips. So I would either have chicken or I would, like your pal, I would have a, I would have a hulumi kebab as opposed to the drunken pita bread, Got it. pita bread shoved with shish with God knows what and except some lettuce that you just take out. You, you said you, you might eat it in a car, right? Yeah. We've had a lot of people on this podcast who have specific ways of eating food when they're, set, when they're sat in a car. Yeah. So if you've got your burger and fries, my question to you is where are you placing the burger? Right. Is it on the passenger seat or is it on your lap? Okay. So am I driving? You're, do- you're, doing, a hu- you're doing 100 on the motorway. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> One hand on the steering wheel. The windows are open. <laughs> We've all done it. I think you've parked up. Yeah. Let's say you've parked up. Right. Okay. I've parked up. Well, as I say, back in the day, I would have woken up in the morning and would have been all over the car. Those were the messy days. Now it's much different. So what I've gone to the hatch of the drive-thru for my McDonald's to say, always my car would be parked away from view. Because I can very very rarely get a McDonald's and wait to take it home. It has to be eaten there in the car, like I said, on my own. So the car would always be parked away from away from view. That's such a good observation. It's absolutely right. Yeah. It's so uh, yeah. Did, did have, I've had problems with this where I've parked up away from view and then someone else has come and parked up next to me. Oh my God. I'll drive off. I'll, oh. No, I'd have, to, I'd, have to, I'd, have to, I'd have to drive off. It would be so annoying, especially when they yes. do that when there's another 84 fucking car yes. spaces down yes. the road and they choose to come next to you. Yeah, creepy. I would either then get so angry and I would sort of drive off or I would just drive to another part of the car park. So I would have it. I'm just trying to en- envisage. I would have my chips sort of in the large carton thing between my legs. I would have the sauce. No, what I would do is I would have the burger, the open the box, have the, the burger on the passenger seat, and then I would put the tomato sauce in the other side of the burger box. Oh, Interesting. Okay. I don't like ketchup on my food. I like it on the side of my food. No, I, I'm, I'm with that. I'm dipping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like to dip. I like to dip. So <laughs> yeah. I would have I would have my burger like that. I would have my chips there. And then I would have my thing. And I would have my Coke in my little, little stand. And then to top it off, if I thought I wasn't going to get disturbed, I would get my phone and I would put the latest episode of The Real Housewives of Anywhere in the World on in the car. <laughs> While I, I love that. With having my burger. That would be my bliss takeaway on my own car. That's amazing. That is perfect, I think. You would really go on with my wife as well. That is literally, as soon as you said Real Housewives, that's my wife's main <laughs> joy is eating food in front of Real Housewives. That's her absolute joy <laughs> in life. Do you know what? It would be my specialist subject on Mastermind. Oh, really? You know that much? It would. Bravo Television. Which one? Oh, my God. All of them. There's not one that you can name that I wouldn't that I wouldn't be good at. Does your wife have the Hey You app? Yes, she does. And she really makes the most of it, I could tell you. <laughs> I am so excited to go to bed tonight because on a Monday, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of New York drops. Yeah. So because I've had a nana nap, I'll be able to stay awake enough to get my double whammy. Tell your wife that I'm so obsessed with Bravo that I've started befriending people in the Bravoverse. So I'm now friends with people from Vanderpump Rules. I'm friends with people from Below Deck. Love it. Are you? And when I go to LA, I meet up with Sheena. I'll tell you why, because Sheena's mom, Erica, about six, seven years ago, we went to see Matty play the Greek in Los Angeles. We came out afterwards and there was quite a lot of famous people that I recognised. And I was talking to Matthew and I went, oh, my God, my God. And he went, what, mum? What, what, what? And I went, it's only fucking Sheena from Vanderpump Rules. I can't even cope. 
He went, oh my God, if you start bringing all your reality people over to me, mum, I'm going to leave. Amazing. I went zooming over to introduce myself. Hi, Sheena, Matty's mum. And it turned out that her mum, Erica, was a massive fan of the band and she got Sheena into it. Now me and Erica are like this. Oh, wow. So when I go to America, I see the Vanderpump Rules crowd. So obviously I met through through Sheena. And then I love Below Deck. Yeah. So when I've followed a couple of the um, the, the girls on uh, Below Deck, who happen to be who are who are British, I've followed them because I'm loving them in the show. They've got back to me going, Oh my god, I can't believe you followed me. And then we've become friends. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. My wife also very briefly loves Below Deck. And last Christmas I bought her a lovely necklace for Christmas and also a mug with a picture of that bearded captain from Below Deck. Did you? She was so much more happy with the mug and she was like less about the necklace, but the mug. Oh my God. He's on it now. Ask her if she saw last week's episode <laughs> I will do. when they made him get into budgie smugglers. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure she has. There's no need to ask her. I can oh, guarantee you that she has. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love it. You know, if I suddenly turned on Twitter and Helen Mirren had followed me, yes, that would be nice. But when Captain Lee from Below Deck followed me, I nearly fainted. That's the guy, that. Captain Lee. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Captain Lee. So, a very brief question about your son. When he's on tour, do you think he's eating well? And are you advising him to look after himself when he's on tour? Is that a thing? Is it a concern, Mum? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. When he does it, he does eat well. And obviously, it's a very important part of their touring that they've got really good caterers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, and... Matthew's surrounded by a team that really look after him. So they know that he can sort of forget to eat. I cannot believe that I produce children who forget to eat. Yeah. I forget everything. Eating is never something that I forget to do. So I find it bizarre that I have these children who forget to eat. So he is surrounded by people that make him eat quite well. That's good. I can't say that I was a mother that always made them have, you know, vegetables a day. I just didn't. Yeah. I look back and everything that, you know, goes wrong in life, I think. Is it because there was too many takeaways? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we certainly ask that question about, about ourselves all the time. I would say not only do I never forget to eat, in any window where I'm not eating, I'm thinking about what I'm going to be eating next. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what we're in, like. In the, in the gap between breakfast and lunch, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what I have for lunch. And I'm thinking about the, the dietary aspects and, you know, I'm thinking about, can I have that hagen dazs Will I be able to... You know, because once I pop, I can't stop. So it's better that I don't pop sometimes. Because to me, don't give me a bar of chocolate unless it's family size. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. These people who can say, you know, I go, do you, do you eat a lot of chocolate? Yeah. I mean, I like to have a couple of squares. What's the point of a couple of squares? What's the point? I agree with you. My problem is if I'm, if I'm full, then I'm sad because I can't eat anymore. I'm just sort of constantly in this, like this state of, I'm hungry, I don't know if I eat, and if I eat, I'm full, and then I'm sad because I can't eat anymore. So it's just, it's just awful. I know, it, it's all we think about. I mean, like I said earlier, going back to those, you know, those tools sometimes, I really have to employ them because that's exactly what we do. Yeah. You know, we'll have just finished this gorgeous tie and we'll be thinking, can we, can we have a pudding or, you know, what will we have for breakfast? And then I'm thinking, will I have breakfast? you know, next door in the morning, or will I go over to work and have the sausage sandwich and then after I have it all the time. It's so time consuming. Simran, um, if we if we ever release a range of merch, I mainly t-shirt, as it has to have, if I'm full, I'm so out because I can't eat anymore, written on the front. <laughs> I feel that that's a, that's a t-shirt that would sell. 
Yes, please get me one. So we, we have a couple of questions before we wrap up. You're, you've been a joy to speak to. Thank you so much for, for giving your time. Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Have you ever had takeaway disasters? Have you ever had a takeaway that's gone wrong or failing that? Are there things about takeaways that annoy you? Both. The thing of when you're so excited for your takeaway and it's always the days that you're most hungry and you open it and they haven't brought the rice. Yes. And you haven't got any Uncle Ben's in the cupboard. Yep. The thought of then having to drive, it's just your whole night is ruined. Or even little things like the prawn crackers. Yep. You have it in order that you have them to go with that. And you go over the thing, try to so you've definitely got that. Yep, you've got that. Yep, you've got that. You've got that. And it's not in. Drives me mad. But I think that's probably a, a universal one. Absolutely. I haven't had a takeaway, particular takeaway. I mean, obviously, we've had some takeaways that were not very nice, of course. But the main takeaway disaster was the night we had a fish and chip party. And it was a fish and chip party for, was it Louis 17th? Louis didn't want the party. And he actually did turn around and say to me, Mom, why have I got no friends here and yet the dentist is here? <laughs> I do remember him saying that because I just invited my friends to his party. This party is literally like pulling teeth. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. And the dentist lives like, George, good morning. <laughs> but I had said to everybody it was fish and chips. Everybody was happy with that. I've got all the bread and butter because that was another, if you're having the fish and chips, it's to me almost impossible to have fish and chips without crusty bread and butter. And it has to be butter as in almost the whole top of Lurpak, the whole pack of Lurpak laid on the top of the bread. Right, okay. Wow, okay, yeah. One thing I can't bear in restaurants is, could we have some bread and butter, please? They bring you all of this bread with one pat of butter. Yeah. That will go on the corner of my first bite. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Very briefly, are you using that to make a chip butty, or are you having that as a, what, what are you doing with that bread? No, it's a chip butty. And if we get farms or bats from the fish and yeah. chip shop, they come with that like shit butter excuse. I can't believe it's not butter. Well, I fucking can believe it's not butter. <laughs> On it. Have you guys actually said anything? Yet? <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear, that was Lincoln's, uh, Denise's partner. How anyone can talk about a takeaway this long is beyond me. It's fantastic. The dream guest. Honestly. It is our dream guest. This is exactly what we do. They said I meant dream guest, darling. <laughs> exactly. So anyway... So we'll get the fish and chips and we'll get the, the, the balm cakes, the baths, Then they have that rubbish butter on. So then we have to get the proper butter on and put loads of that on top of that <laughs> to make the to make the, the chip butty. Amazing. But the 17th party where he didn't have any friends, but the, but the doctor dentist and the candlestick maker were there or whatever, was that we had ordered. So people had come at five o'clock and the fish and chips were coming at six o'clock. And bearing in mind, there were 25 people, there were 25 portions of food and people had saved themselves because they were having fish and chips and six o'clock came six thirty came seven o'clock came there was no fish and chips and people were getting really angsty and like my house normally is there was no alternative right, yeah i'm not somebody that could go oh i'll just throw a casserole in <laughs> nothing and we've been phoning the uh, chip shop anyway eventually they hadn't put the order through oh no and by the time the order came through they'd run out of cod they only had seven left oh oh no so that was an absolute disaster i mean people were going oh it's okay it's okay have you got anything and we literally had we literally had nothing so that was one that was one time that we were happy to try them with more alcohol because there was basically nothing so the cheese came out the cupboard somebody ran over to the corner shop and got some slice you know shit slices of ham and made sandwiches and stuff 
luckily by that time everybody was drunk we hated them all because they were drunk (laughs) but we had to do something to stop our embarrassment so that was our main disaster i would say that is a very very solid disaster absolutely it was a solid disaster if anyone is saying to you have you got anything in your in your house and you don't that's a real cause of panic denise thank you so much oh i've loved it I didn't know there would be so much to talk about on a takeaway podcast, but as Lincoln's pointed out, I've never shut up. So there you go. Everybody <laughs> has a very strong opinion about how they eat their own takeaways. Yeah, it's been a joy speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much indeed. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You can contact the show on Twitter at Save Takeaway Pod or Instagram on My Favorite Takeaway Podcast. You can email us with your stories of takeaway, woe, gripes, your worries on hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. That was the very funny and actually unbelievably revealing about her takeaway habits. That was Denise Welsh. I thought she was brilliant. So did I. I would ha- have her back in a heartbeat, even though she was on Coronation Street. Hello. Ah, yes, Imran. Bit of fun. Very nice. But the serving of fish and chips to 27 people, there's a certain sort of Sermon on the Mount quality to that, isn't there? <laughs> she only bought one fish. <laughs> then minutes later, it was 27. <laughs> Guys, I know we all will be happy saying this recently, but it really helps spread the word of the show. If you enjoy the show, and if you're a long-term listener or you're new to the show and you're enjoying it, leave us a five-star review and write something lovely because it helps spread the word, helps sort of create a community of takeaway. I love a community. Exactly. What's not to love about a community? We will be back next week for yet more takeaway fun. Simran, I'm going to miss you. No, you won't. No, I won't. I'll see you next week. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.